You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to another exciting episode of Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What are we talking about today? An intruder discovered living in the basement of a Magnolia home. Magnolia is a uh, suburb of Seattle. It's just to the north of downtown. It kind of overlooks Puget Sound, all the ships coming in. Cool area. Um, and this guy, the intruder, he got, he was given a one way ticket to Seattle. Hey, go do your criming in Seattle. Go do your whatever you're doing in Seattle. They'll take you there. That's what we're talking about today. All right. For those of you who are new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. We talk about the news that you want to hear. All right. Let's go. This is a Cairo 7 local news article. A couple in Seattle's Magnolia neighborhood found a stranger living in their basement and eating their food. The suspect managed to stay hidden from the homeowners for nearly two days and even told police that he could hear voices and footsteps coming from upstairs because there were people living in their own home upstairs. And that's according to court documents. The couple only made the discovery after they heard a strange noise and called police, suspecting a burglar. Officers did a search and found a man inside who had brought in his belongings and made a bed in the basement. Could you imagine? What's that noise? I keep hearing something down there. We should go down there. You should go down there. Let's call the cops. 911. That's crazy. You just got some random dude who's probably doing some weird stuff living in your basement, right? This has rattled the people living there because they say this is at least the second time in a year that an intruder has been found inside someone's home. This stuff is going on. We talk about it right here all the time, don't we? And and yet I'm always shocked when people are like, oh my gosh, did you hear a homeless dude was inside somebody's house? Well, you know, somebody's basement is better than sleeping outside in a tent that's probably going to get swept from wherever you are because that's that's kind of the battle that's ongoing or whatever, you know, gully or ravine you're living in or whatever abandoned structure you're living in, you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught no matter where you are because most of the places that the homeless post up, not legal, not legally sanctioned. They're supposed to be in... In, in homeless housing, right? I mean, some some form, shape thereof. The neighborhood is adjacent to Discovery Park, which is how some neighbors believe the intruder discovered the home. He's probably walking around. He's probably living in Discovery Park. It's a big park, overlooks Puget Sound. It's a beautiful area. But then you got this stuff going on and you're like, ah, not so beautiful. I will go to the burbs where there is less of this ridiculousness going on. It's the talk of affluent, tight-knit Lawtonwood. A 56-year-old Minnesota man discovered in the basement of a house. Well, we saw it. My wife saw it on the internet, said Joseph Huber. There was an email from the House Association here. Huber has lived in Lawton Wood for more than 30 years. He said it is rare, though not unheard of, that an intruder has found his way into a house in this neighborhood in the very big shadow of Discovery Park. So Lawton Wood, just to the east of Discovery Park on the north portion of um, of Magnolia. And it's not that far from downtown, but it, it would be a hike. It would be, it would be, you'd have to make your way there. You'd have to have somebody give you some instructions if you're not from the area. Hey, how do you get to Discovery Park? Ah, you up, uh, you know what I mean? It is a surprise, Huber said. Yeah, but it can happen. It can happen. It shouldn't happen. 
right? It, so we're just kind of justifying things. It can happen. This could happen anywhere. Well, only if we let it, right? Only if we let it. What happened, according to the Homeowners Association email, is that relatives living in the house heard a noise just after midnight, early Monday morning. So they called Seattle police. That's when officers discovered Thomas Jean Llewellyn in the basement. He told officers he was hungry, got into the house through an unlocked side door on Saturday morning, found food, and settled in. Shouldn't you be going to a food you know, place? Shouldn't you be in temporary housing? Those are the things you should be doing, not stealing somebody's, not breaking into somebody's home and then stealing their food. That's a no-go. Right. But it, it, at some point in time, we've just crossed that line and said, ah, well, the guy's hungry. He, he, he needs to eat food. Why wouldn't he go to your fridge? No, I'm not down with that. that that's not okay. This is ridiculous. Court documents say Llewellyn told investigators he just got out of jail in Texas. Okay. Texas. Don't mess with Texas. He just got out of jail in Texas and arrived in Seattle on March 10th. He said that he just served a six-month sentence in Texas for assault and criminal trespass. Okay, so he's not just hungry. He is a recently released felon. Assault and criminal trespass. Is that a felony? I don't know. Six months? Uh, Texas is kind of hardcore. I don't know if he has a felony record. I don't know. Um it just sounds more dramatic when you introduce the felony portion of it, right? Don't you always think that? Oh, felon. Jeez, not good. In an online post, the Seattle Police Department said the suspect told them he was provided with a one-way ticket to Seattle. Seriously, go to Seattle. We're not saying that you should go to Seattle, but here's a ticket. If you want to get out of Dodge, this is where we recommend you go. I don't really blame Texas. This is, this is kind of what you get. If you're, if you live in Seattle and you voted these politicians in that have allowed the laws to become the way they are and allowed the lackadaisical prosecution of crime, then this is what you get. This is what you deserve. You deserve some, you know, recently released convict living in your basement, eating your food. That's just how it goes. And then people are like, Oh my gosh, Seattle, horrible. Yeah, you're getting what you had coming though, right? I mean, we saw, we follow these stories all the time. Seattle Police Department said it did not have details on who or what organization provided that plane ticket. That would be interesting to know, right? So the guy got a plane ticket. What is a plane ticket from Texas? A few hundred bucks. I mean, on average, when things are normal, it's like 400 bucks. Maybe it's a couple hundred bucks. Who is paying that for a recently convicted felon to get on a plane and fly to Seattle with zero resources? If you fly into Hawaii and you don't have resources for a two-week mandatory quarantine, they'll send you back. They will arrest you. That's what Hawaii's doing. They're, they're super concerned about spread of the Rona, and so they, 
done this, you know, mandatory lockdown. If, if you don't have a negative test now and back before October 15th, you basically had to prove that you're, you've got a hotel lined up. You're going to self quarantine, give you a one time use entry uh, room key. Man, you got to be inside your room for 14 days. So somebody gave this guy a plane ticket and he clearly coming out of jail or prison or wherever he was didn't have any resources. Here's your one-way ticket to Seattle. Good luck with that. Do your criming up there. Do your future criming up there. That's what this kind of sounds like. I mean, he got from Texas to Seattle on a plane. This is nuts. Cairo 7 looked into Llewellyn's criminal history and found he was at last an inmate at the Cameron County Jail. So he's in county jail and he's released March 9th. A jail employee told Cairo 7 that he was not aware of any program that would provide someone homeless a one-way ticket out of the state. Is this just complete nonsense to rile everybody up? Is this one of those stories like that? I don't know. Why would this guy say it? What does he benefit from? Yeah, I was in Texas and somebody gave me a one-way ticket. And then how else do you explain the dude getting up here? just period. That takes a long time. Unless somebody drives you, you hitch a ride. That's a lot of rides. Texas is a long way from, from Seattle. He said they do have services to escort someone to nearby homeless shelters if needed once they're released from jail. So that's what Cairo came up with. There's nobody that they know of that would provide a one-way ticket. But this is what the guy is saying. Right. After Llewellyn arrived in Seattle, he said he was staying in the exhibition hall in Lower Queen Anne, but he was then kicked out. All right. He was kicked out. How come? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't abiding by the rules. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's not clear how we found Discovery Park, but Huber and his neighbors say there is a homeless encampment nearby. So he was squatting there, right? In a homeless encampment. They come around in the park, said Huber. They stay in the park and they say, well, nice, nice area. Check it out. It is. It's a super, it's a beautiful place. But a lot of the parks that turn into homeless encampments, they're downtown and they're really nice. And then we clean them out and we spend a lot of taxpayers' money, our money, cleaning them up. Just like they're doing an Echo Park right now in California, right now, spending half a million bucks doing uh, landscaping, reworking electrical, all the stuff that gets broken and ruined and grading out new uh, grass sods. So you have grass instead of those dead spots where tents have been. I mean, half a million bucks goes pretty quick, right? It's a big park. Uh, the suspect was being held on a burglary charge, but it was reduced to criminal trespass. Of course it was. That's what's going on in Seattle. You reduce everything to something so where you don't really have to prosecute anybody, right? Llewellyn has been charged in Seattle Municipal Court, where the judge ordered him to have an evaluation to determine if he is competent to stand trial. Okay, maybe he's got mental issues as well, right? I mean, is this guy making it up? That seems like a far-fetched story. Like, why go out of your way to throw this story out there? But it kind of sounds like it might not be just a story. Because why else would this guy say it? Meanwhile, he's been released from the King County Jail. He's walking around. He's just doing his thing. He's going to get an evaluation. I don't know. 
and we'll figure out if he is mentally competent. He's probably not, but are we going to put him anywhere to get any help? Ah, again, no, we're just going to let him do his thing, break into somebody else's house, eat some food, homeowner comes home, guy's eating a bag of Cheetos. That's ah, just Seattle, right? Some cities like Portland and San Francisco have programs where the city will buy a ticket for someone unsheltered who wants to get home, say to Seattle or anywhere else. Usually an employee first verifies the individual has a place to stay where they're going. Whereas in this story, this guy, homeless shelter, and then somebody else's basement. Mm. On a smaller scale, King County also has a program like that to help pay for a bus or train ticket to get someone unsheltered who is from out of town back home. I totally get that. That makes 100% sense. Is this guy having a mental episode where he is just, you know, they come and go and at the moment he can't really remember why he's in Seattle? Just, it's it's hard to imagine, but the clarity issue on homeless on people with with mental issues. I mean, you just they they come in and they come out and sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Maybe he's got family here. I don't know. But it kind of doesn't really sound that way. And uh, Texas, I wouldn't put it past Texas, send somebody up here. They don't mess around there. You know what I mean? They just don't tolerate the same nonsense we do here in Seattle. Don't mess with Texas. Always love that that tagline. There's a picture of the house. Nice, nice looking house, Discovery Park. I mean, um, if this story is correct, and if we start hearing more of this stuff going on, I mean, that kind of really tells you something, right? Um, I am very glad they didn't that this guy didn't go down the I I have a lease and I've got a I've got legal rights to be in this basement because if he knew that drill he could probably be hunkered down there for a while, but it sounds like the police just he's a vagrant and the police just threw him out. I had a video sent to me by one of you guys. You know who you are. You're an investor and it happened in Everett and I caught the last minute something I think of a video. Uh, this individual investor who is a frequent listener watcher of the podcast. Thanks for your, um, uh, for watching. By the way, and thank you to all you guys for watching. Um, it makes doing this worthwhile because otherwise it's just me talking into a camera and nobody pays attention and that just makes me feel horrible, right? So thank you for tuning in. So, what I got to see and uh, sent via, I think, Facebook, communicated via, via Facebook, I got to see the tail end of police in a city north of Seattle in Everett, basically taking somebody who was claiming they had rights. Uh, th they were essentially a squatter in an investment property that was probably undergoing some renovation or for some reason it was vacant. That happens a lot. Key box on the, on the, or contractor's box on the house. Guy claimed that he had access. Those are the kind of bits and pieces that I put together. And, um, Everett police, to their credit, said, yep, you're out of here. You're claiming you've got rights. This is, this isn't your house. It's just not your house. In Seattle, hmm, things might have been different, but Everett, good on you. Everett police department, just booting that guy out. That's the way it should be. Now, are there cases where people get evicted when they shouldn't? Yeah, but usually there's something in play. There's some kind of dispute, whether they're doing something to the property, they're doing something that's pissing off their neighbors that's not legal. How about they haven't paid rent? You signed a contract. Here's how the contract goes. You got to pay rent. Otherwise, you're out of there. We evict you. 
But in the day in the the age of the COVID moratoriums, which just got extended, I think the federal just got extended out till June, we're just going to keep extending these bad boys out forever, aren't we? And because the day of reckoning will come. And then all of a sudden, all of these people, if if they've been floating by, and they haven't been paying rent, maybe they can pay some rent. Uh, their day of reckoning will come at some point in time. When will that be? I don't know. It's got to be sooner than later because you can only hold this cobbled, ridiculous, one-sided, um, I don't even know what to call it. I, I think it's just ridiculous when the homeowner can't use their home or protect their home because of a government issued mandated moratorium it, that, that covers just one side of the equation. You know, your two sides are tenant landlord and the landlord is just wildly disadvantaged. I mean, there's no way that this should be happening. And yet it is. And yet, and, and, and most of us just kind of, oh, yeah, this is what we're doing. In my world, I talk to landlords and um, developers and guys who their business is homes, whether you're flipping them, you're selling them, you're listing them, you're helping people buy them, you're appraising them, all of these things. And it comes down to a homeowner needs to be able to do what they need to be able to do with their home. With these moratoriums in place, that's ridiculous. Should have never happened. The, the, the government should have had, uh, if people get kicked out, well, and they get kicked out because their businesses were closed down, the places they of work were closed down because of the, um, because of the COVID shutdowns, government has to deal with it. All right. Now you got a whole bunch more homeless people on the streets. Deal with it. Don't put it on, don't put it on civilians and private citizens and tons of mom and pop investors who have worked really hard all their lives to get these properties, they rent them out, that's their income. Don't stick it on them to cover these other people who may or may not have the ability to pay their rent. Shouldn't never happen. But that's what we're doing in 2021. And uh, especially in cities, you know, like Seattle, that's it's, it's all cover the cover the renters. What about the owners? Nobody ever talks about the owners. That annoys me just we're owners. A lot of us are owners. A lot of you guys are probably tenants too. But you know what? If you are listening to this podcast, you're probably paying your rent. I would say there is a 99% chance you're paying your rent because you don't want to hear the stuff that I have to say if you're not paying your rent and you're gaming the system because I'm going to call you out and say, hey, that's BS. That's nonsense. You signed a contract, do what you're going to do. If you don't, the consequences of the contract say you out of here, right? You're gone. And in a city like Seattle, you are not out of there. You are hunkered down. So if this guy, this homeless guy had, um, you know, played his cards right, he'd still be probably be in that basement, right? I, I don't know. The legality of this stuff is crazy, but I also like to hear the stories of, you know, what, what I, I was able to witness on, um, on video. Of uh, and the police were there. The guy was there who was living in the house. He had stuff in the house. They they had booted him out, and he was coming up with just some lame excuses. The the squatter was as to why he had legal rights to a home. I don't know. It's a crazy world we live in, and this kind of stuff. I can't believe anybody 
ever says, well, you know, they're homeless. They should be able to live wherever they, you know, wherever they can put, put a, a roof over their head. Now there's rules in place. We live in a society, right? I mean, that's the bottom line. So if this storyline, if this is true, that somebody gave this guy a one-way ticket from Texas to Seattle, they're going to see a bunch more of that. Let's hope it's a one-off. But, um, you know, it's a, you know, this is Cairo seven. This is not some Mickey mouse, um, news outlet. This is one of our major, our major news uh, outlets here in the Seattle area. And I, I, you know, for the most part, I've listened to and watched Cairo all my life. It's, you know, you've, you got some amazing news coverage there and, um, you know, I don't think that they're going to run a story that the guy's just flat full of crap. I think certain aspects of it probably could be because the guy is being ordered to stand, uh, take an evaluation for his mental competency. So he might, he might have some mental issues and we don't make fun of that because that's super serious. And maybe that's what led him into prison, the prison system, county jail, whatever it is for what he's done. Need to get these people some help because you're going to see more and more of them breaking into homes because there's food there. The guy lived for a couple of days. He was okay with that. Coming out of jail, it's probably pretty quiet down there in the basement. Magnolia is a nice area. It's quiet. It's uh, to the north and west of downtown Seattle, but just by not much. It, I mean, it, uh, it, it's a great area and it, it's an expensive area. It used to be really considered far away. Uh, it's like one of those far away in city locations. My ex-wife and I looked at a home there in, I don't know, the late, late nineties, early two thousands. Cause I kind of liked Seattle back then. And, um, I was doing a lot of work over there cause Seattle is dense. There's a lot of appraisal work, a lot of homes to be sold. So, and the East side where I live in Bellevue and my business and where I'm podcasting from, it wasn't quite as developed and up to speed yet. We didn't have the big mall that we do now. We don't have all the, we didn't have all the big high rises and all that, you know, urban stuff. So Seattle was where it's at. So we looked at a home. I think it was like, I don't know, 200 grand. It was, you know, something quasi affordable for us back then. Cause I was a single wage earner. My, my wife never worked cause that's how I was raised. And that's what I thought was an important thing. I'm going to work super hard to provide for you and the future kids. We were looking at a house over in Seattle and the major complaint was it's too far away and discovery park. It's kind of far away in one of those urban. Oh, that's, that's a long walk, but it's still so close to downtown Seattle and the services there that I think homeless people can make a go of it. And if they have something go sideways on them, yeah, it's going to be a while to walk to the services in downtown, but it's doable. So all the parts of the story of this make sense. The only thing that I really question is, did somebody actually give this guy a one-way ticket to Texas, a plane ticket? Give him a bus ticket. Nah, they want him to end up in Seattle. Bus, you got too many opportunities. Get off the bus do your own thing. You land at SeaTac, you get from SeaTac somewhere up to Seattle. It's what you do. I don't know. I'd love to hear this guy's story and hear how he got where he did. What are the bits and pieces of this missing story? I don't know. I hope Cairo will follow up. And um, so if you guys out there see this story and there's some more details, I would love to know because I think you're going to hear more and more about this. Hey, here's a one-way ticket to LA. Why don't you go there? I did a podcast, what, last week or maybe the week before? District Attorney of Kern County, where Bakersfield is, basically saying, hey, 
you know, if you're a criminal and you're going to do some criming in Kern County, we would recommend for this, 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 and this reason that you do it down south. Do it, do it in LA. Do it down LA County down there, right? I mean, is that LA County? I don't know. Uh, do it in LA because they're not going to prosecute you. Their laws are way more lenient. Here in Kern County in Bakersfield, we're going to take you to the mat. So you're hearing more and more stuff of people just outright prosecutors, officials outright saying, yeah, go to LA, go to Seattle. They'll tolerate your nonsense there. And we do. We read about it all the time. Guy gets out of jail, um, goes and commits another crime within a number of hours. In his second hearing, he's still wearing the same orange shoes he had from the first you know, hearing earlier in the day, two crimes in about a 24 hour period. Um, you know, this, this stuff is, it's, it's just ongoing and we tolerate it. Uh, you know, the guy was trying to remodel some windows with a hammer and didn't work out and they broke. And so, you know, now, you know, we've got to chastise him and tell him to be a better human being down the road. And we, and we, we believe in our fellow human. We, we do believe in our fellow human. I think he's going to turn it around after these two, two crimes within a 24 hour period. We know he doesn't have a place to stay. We know he's basically vagrant at this point. He's homeless, unhoused, however you want to say it. He doesn't have any ties to the community. So we're a little concerned there, but you know, we got to have some concern for a fellow human being. That only, I think you can only do that for so long. And we're at that point now where there's a lot of people going, Hey, what happened to reasonable? Cause somebody breaking into a house, living in a basement, eating food. Did you notice how the guy said, Oh, I was hungry. Well, of course you're hungry. I mean, you're not eating, you're not going to the food shelters. You're looking around going, well, if I steal again, I'm gonna, you know, probably go to jail. I'll just break into this good people's home, which is pretty convenient here. I'll get some food. That is an option, but there are consequences to that option. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with this storyline. It's a crazy one, right? I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, happening here in Seattle. Only in Seattle, right? All right, that's it for me on this one. Thanks so much for being here. I'd love to have you subscribe. Hit that like button. Hit the notification bell. All that good stuff that you know you should be doing. Okay, thanks again. Thanks for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'm going to record another one right now. Okay, until then. We'll talk soon. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.